So if I were to tell you we were going to finish the regular season 10-2 and and finish 8th in the final playoff rankings heading into conference championship games, we have a, I mean, a guaranteed New Year's 6 game. Don't know where we're going, but guaranteed New Year's 6 game. And our two losses were to the number 2 and number 5 team in the country. I think that last part would be believable, but... A lot of people thought there would be one or two other losses in there, and we wouldn't end up where we are right now. So that kind of brings me to what were the realistic expectations heading into this season? I think we saw everything from seven and five again, eight and four, nine and three, ten and two, maybe eleven and one. I thought ten and two, eleven and one was entirely possible. Uh, I personally thought Michigan was going to take a step back. They took a step forward, so props to them. Uh, I thought Ohio State at home would be our best chance to get that win and kind of put us put us in that top tier and give us an outside chance of making the playoffs or win the Big Ten, depending on how the rest of the season went. And that, you know, that was that was close, but not close enough. So ten and two, based on how the last two seasons have gone, eleven and eleven, and based on the expectations following Clifford's what sophomore season. And going to the Cotton Bowl, having 11 wins, I know the pandemic, and then all the things that happened in 2021, Clifford's injury, the Franklin drama with coaching and everything. Um, there was just a lot going on, which is no excuse. We should still win games. We should still win enough games for the season to be looked at as a successful season. We should never lose less than 10 games. I know the pandemic season was kind of strange, but like last year, I know... Clifford was hurt. We had everything else going on, but we should still we should still win ten games. We have more talent than than a lot of other teams, which is which is why last season was so maddening. Because you look at all the teams we played last year and then played them this year, we dominated all those teams that that beat us last year. You know, minus the Ohio States and Michigans, we dominated all those other teams: Maryland, Rutgers, Indiana. Like we dominated those teams more so than we did last year. Um, so that's why I think this season was absolutely a successful season because the expectations were, you know, in that 8-4 and four to 10-2 and two range. I don't know where the other two losses were going to come if there was another one. Uh, I know the Purdue game was closer than we would have liked. I know we had a score in the last minute, but I never had any, any doubts about beating Purdue. We sure as hell weren't going to lose to Auburn. I didn't know where any other any other loss was going to come from. People say Maryland was sneaky. That that turned out to be a fluke. Michigan State was abysmal. Um, so I didn't know where those other two losses were going to come. I knew that obviously Ohio State and Michigan were going to be our top two um, top two opponents in terms of how hard those games were going to be. And yeah, that turned out turned out to be true. Um, but the national perception was this team was going to go as far as Sean Clifford was going to take us. And that turned out to be the case. But, like, it's all nitpicking on what we could have done better. Outside, like, like the Michigan game, you can look at that. That was a collective team letdown. 
that wasn't Cliff. That wasn't anyone in particular. That wasn't bad coaching. That was just Michigan just lined up and bullied us for the entire game. And we just, just let, let you know, let down. It was a big letdown. So there's that. Ohio State game. You can look at Cliff. He made some mistakes. Those mistakes put our our defense in a bad position for you know majority of that of that first half to to try and bend and don't break. But it 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 ultimately took the Ohio State defensive end. I, I still can't pronounce his name. Forty four to have a like quite literally one of the greatest performances a defensive player has ever had in a game in college football history. Like that's what it took. And if you forget what his stats were, go back and look at them because it like he could have won the Heisman Trophy that day with how good his performance was. So it took that for Ohio State to beat us. And it took them scoring, what, 28 points in the final nine minutes and 27 seconds or whatever it was to, to beat us. Sorry to bring that back up. But um, but I think everything else was just nitpicking. Like we could have we could have done better in in certain amount of games, yes. We left a lot out there, which is kind of the, um, you know, that's my, that's my, my, my thought on the season was we left so much out there, but it's like we dominated so many teams and still left so much out there. And that's just nitpicking. Like we scored 35 points. Ah, we probably could have scored 45, maybe 50, but we didn't. And we just, we left a lot out there. And I don't know if it was. The play calling, I know a lot of it was execution and inconsistencies for a certain someone. But to see where we were last year and the just, just terrible, terrible, terrible second half of the season that we had, and to come into this season and you know have the bowl game finish, it just it was just bad, right? Just really bad to end the season. And then coming in this season with you know probably limited expectations based on you know, based on Sean Clifford still being our quarterback, the ex- expectations were limited. But we had so much talent. We had so much youth coming in. But obviously, we didn't know how good Singleton, Katron Allen, Abdul Carter, we didn't know how good those guys were going to be, right? We, we just didn't know because they're, they're, you know, they're freshmen. So you've never seen them play before. And everything is different from, from high school to college. But that youth movement and the significant, significant, and shout out to Phil Troutwine, our offensive line took a step that I don't think anybody saw coming. And yeah, it was still a work in progress. But from last year to this year, it was a whole other stratosphere of where that offensive line was. And Troutwine, I know he's you know been criticized. Every offensive line coach that Franklin's had has been criticized because it just hasn't been there. But this year, it was there. We had some injuries, shuffled some guys around some, from time to time. And obviously, the last handful of games, been some some major guys out. So, um, and there's been freshmen in there. So, I think all things considered, the offensive line was absolutely one of our, our stronger units. It wasn't our strongest, but it was one of the strong ones. And it helps having those those two guys in the backfield, Singleton and Catron Allen. Both guys go over 100 yards uh, yards from scrimmage. So, shout out to them, first Penn State running back duo since at least 1950 to do so. So, shout out to them. Um, but you know those those guys back there made the made the jobs of the offensive linemen a little bit easier because they were so good, and we'll talk about we'll talk about the freshmen coming up here in a minute. But if I were to tell you that based on us going 11-11 the last two seasons and how the second half of last season went, and we were going to go 10-2, be guaranteed a New Year's Six game, 
finish eighth in the final playoff rankings and lose to the number two and number five team in the country. I think the last the last thing you guys would have all believed, but I don't know how many people would have believed we were going to finish eighth and finish 10-2. and two. And of course, no one's really talking about it because we're not in a position to win the Big Ten or go to the playoffs, like I said last week. But I mean, this is like this is quite the turnaround, and it's but it's but it's expected though. I think that's maybe why we're not maybe talking about ten and two as as much as maybe we should based on how the last two seasons went. But this is like this is expected. Ten and two is the worst we should do with as much talent as we have, with everything that we can do. The recruiting we do, the coaching we do, the facilities we have now, like 10 and 2 is absolutely the worst that we should do. We should never lose less than 10 games, even in a down year. And I know we can't look at just Michigan and Ohio State on our schedule. I know we have to take everybody seriously. We did that this year. And those other teams in the Big Ten that we need to take care of on a consistent basis, we did. And then some. But I know we can't look at just those two teams. But like you kind of have to because they are the standard right now in the Big Ten. I think that the gap between between those two teams and us, I think, is closing. I think Michigan kind of jumped ahead of us a little bit, and then it was even. And then I think, obviously, they're, I mean, clearly, they're a little bit more ahead of us. But I said this after the Ohio State game. The reason why... Ohio State, you know, Bama, Clemson, Georgia, you know, all those teams and now Michigan. The reason why those teams are are up there at the top every single year is because, you know, we might have two or three of those elite college players on any given team, any given year, right? We have those guys. Never that's never a doubt. We have those guys. But those teams, those teams have you know, five or six of those guys, and you see in the draft. And I've had I had this conversation with everybody. We talked about it after the Ohio State game. They might have four or five, six of those guys. They might have two or three on both sides of the ball. But why I think the gap is closing is because you look at the talent that we have this year and the jump that those guys can make from this year to next year. And we've seen it happen before. They the guys who make the jump from Freshman year, sophomore year, and it's a it's a significant jump. You know, going from high school to college is is one jump, but taking that first year of college, you know, having the full season, the full off season. If you you know, if those guys came in early, all that kind of good stuff. But going through those aches and pains, going through the ups and the downs, you know, you know, having the college life and learning about that and doing all that stuff, becoming a student athlete. Those guys who now understand the grind. They take that next step, and just specifically talking on the field, those guys who take the next step from freshman to sophomore year. You you look at Saquon Barkley, freshman to sophomore year. You look at Michael Parsons, freshman to sophomore year. You look at guys like Pat Fryermuth. You you look at guys like you know, Mike Kosicki. We've had those guys who have taken that jump, and yeah, you saw some flashes that freshman year, and you saw some special things, but then that jump from that year one to year two. And then year two to year three, you know, you saw what Saquon did, and you saw what Micah Parsons would have done in college, what he was doing in the league, and you know, those guys are obviously continuing to do those things because they just they just keep, you know, they keep progressing and they keep developing, and that's what that's what we've been doing lately. We've been developing those players 
year one to year two, year two to year three, and then so on and so forth. You look at guys like Singleton, Allen, um, even Drew Allar, who didn't get as much time as everyone would have loved to see, but he got more time than most freshman quarterbacks get. So that was extremely significant. And then you look at our defense. You look at guys like Abdul Carter, obviously. Look at guys like Zane Durant and Denai Dennison, guys who got a lot of praise coming out of high school and coming into spring ball. Zane Durant was one of the best players in winter workouts. Didn't get as much run as he probably would have liked or maybe that would have told us he might get. But they still got in there. And they showed those flashes. And they played a lot. And those guys are like those guys that I just mentioned. Those freshmen are going to be our cornerstone pieces for the next two seasons at least. And if those guys take the next step. I mean, you saw what you saw what Kalen King did from year one to year two. And he got, I mean, he got super snubbed off the all Big Ten list, by the way. Him, Jair Brown, Joey Porter Jr. was unanimous first team all Big Ten. Good for him. He deserves it. But so do those other two guys. So do those other two guys. They do, Him, Jair Brown, and uh, Kalen King both got robbed. But that's neither here, uh, here nor there. But you saw the jump that King made from year one to year two. He was a lockdown corner. Imagine the jump that he can make from this year to next year. I mean, that's that's first-round talent right there. And then you look at those guys that I just mentioned. Abdul Carter, Denied in a sudden, Zane Durant, uh, Singleton, Allen, Alar. You look at those guys. And like Drew Shelton and some of those guys who got some playing time late but still got in there. Gamari Evans. You know, those guys, that is, that's so important to have that talent and to have them get on the field early and do exactly what they did and learn every single time they touch the ball every single time they're in the game. It's a learning experience. And imagine the jump that those guys can make from year one to year two. That's why I think the gap is closing. Because we're going to have maybe you know, two or three of those elite players in college football on both sides of the ball. You know, it just just for shits and giggles. If Alar takes that step and becomes that guy, you know, he might not be that guy that we all have in mind next year but if he takes the step and, and you know, and learns from what he did this year learns how to get better in the in the film room learns how to get better practicing and just takes that next step to become a better football player and he's had he came in in January and he's had a full like a full year basically to to get better and he keeps learning and learns like the mental game from Sean Clifford if there's anything he can take away from Sean Clifford and if there's anybody in, in like the history of Penn State football that can teach someone young about the mental game, it's Sean Clifford. And if Alar can take that from him and just take that take that step, like I'll take 75, 80% of what we think he could be next year. Yeah, sign me up. And then obviously Singleton and Catron Allen. I mean, then like it's I know they have to do it. I know it's not it's it's obviously easier said than done. And they gotta put the work in and they gotta, you know take that next step they got to actually do it but just like the possibilities for how much how much growth and how much talent like abdul carter could be one of the best players in college football next year easily one of the best defensive players in college football next year no question about it denied in the sudden again didn't get as much run as maybe anticipated but if he just learns and just takes that next step boom that's a that's a 6'6 260 pound incredible defensive end Zane Durant, 
And even guys like Adisa Isaac, you know, coming off the injury, maybe stepping in next year and being one of those, you know, 10 plus sack guys and you know, 20 tackles for the last type of deal. Yes, like we have that talent. You know, uh, Tyler Elson, Kobe King, the amount of growth that these guys made this year from start to finish was incredible. Incredible. I said that was going to be a weak spot. It was for the first, you know, first quarter of the season, but they they stepped up and made big plays. Big plays. And it just it just continued growth. Zaki Wheatley, Jalen Reed, those guys made significant strides as the season went on. And they were good coming into the season. You know, they were good coming into the season and made significant strides. And again, we just have so much core talent. And that's speaking of core talent, let's let's just actually let's take a step back. Olufashanu did not see that coming. That is a massive, quite literally and figuratively. For him to come back and to protect Drew Allard's blind side for a likely top 15, potentially top 10 pick to come back and say, yeah, let's go ahead and run it back, boys, because we can do this. And he said that in his in his in his statement or article, whatever, to ESPN.com. He's like, I looked at this group, looked at the talent, looked at the youth that we have. Yeah, we can run it back and we can do some, something special. And I think that's, you know, they obviously have the conversation with their parents, coaches, but they have those conversations with their boys. Like, yeah, we can we can do this. And we are absolutely in a position where we can we can win the Big Ten. We can win a national title. We have some of those pieces. And we got some of those pieces in the right places. So and someone like someone like Olu, if he takes that next step, I mean he's a top five pick. If he takes that that next step, that's all American status. That's a that's a future, you know, future top five left tackle. So, like it, we are right there. I know, I, and I know we've been saying that for a while now that we've been almost turning the corner, but and it's been a slow a slow turn. But like with what we have, the core that we have, the group that we have, and some of the guys that we have coming in who can maybe step in. Like we are absolutely right there, absolutely right there. So, um, looking at the Michigan State game. Now that I've said all that, looking at the Michigan State game, uh, my five things I put into one. I just said I wanted to see us finish strong, and we did. It wasn't as strong as I, I wanted to. The defense gave up more yards than I would have liked, but not gonna really complain about that. Speaking of our defense, though. It was yet another game holding our opponents to under 100 yards rushing. Fifth straight game, we've done that. Actually, the fourth straight game, we've held our opponents to 65 yards or less. It is the eighth opponent that we've held to under 100 yards. Ninth opponent, we've held to 100 yards or less. Ohio had 100 yards even. So shout out to our defense for yet another another strong performance. Shout out to Abdul Carter. I already mentioned him, but... Two sacks, two and a half tackles for lots, and almost had the pick six. I've been waiting all season for a pick six. I almost had one against Rutgers. A bad blindside block call for Giant uh, on on uh, Kazai Izzard held a Giant Dixon pick six back, and then Nick, Nick Tarburton. What are you doing? He tipped it up. Abdul Carter had it. Was literally about to run into the end zone, and then Nick Tarburton somehow his arm just came down and knocked it out. So that was oh man, so close. To a couple pick sixes this year. But nonetheless, defense, yes, held strong. Offense, Sean Clifford, four touchdowns. Um, 
Uh, Keandre Lambert Smith had a passing touchdown. That was a beautiful pass to Theo Johnson, who had two touchdowns. Um, Tyler Warren had a touchdown, and then uh, Keandre had one at the end of the game. Clifford just another the lob to the end zone to, fin- to finish it out. Uh, Clifford did not get his walk off the field moment that I thought he was going to get, that I hope hoped he was going to get. Pass the torch to Drew Allar, but Clifford did pick up the final final first down of the game. So, um, I, you know, we got to give Clifford. We gotta give him his, his props, and he deserves it. No player, no player in Penn State history has gone through more than what Sean Clifford has gone through in the last you know, four seasons as a starter, six years total. You know, the pandemic, some of the losses, the criticism he's got, death threats, all those things, and then two 10 plus win seasons, battled through the injuries, battled through everything. You know, like like I said before. If anyone can teach the young players, not just the quarterbacks, but the young players on this team, how to be mentally strong, it's Clifford. So yes, I I know I've said my um, my two cents about Clifford, if you will, but he deserves a lot of credit for sticking it out and being the leader of this team that that we really needed, especially on offense. We needed a leader on offense, uh, and he was he was that guy. So. Big shot to Cliff. Um, but we finished the season 10-2. and two. Regular season 10-2. and two. Still got the bowl game left. Don't know where we're going to go. Guaranteed New Year's Six game. I've seen the Cotton Bowl. I've seen the Orange Bowl is outside chance. Rose Bowl. It's it's interesting that the way they do things with the, with the Rose Bowl, they don't want to put the same two teams in as they had last year. So that could very well be the case with Ohio State and Utah. And if USC beats Utah in the Pac-12 title game this weekend, then that puts Utah in the Rose Bowl, and that would put, obviously, Ohio State in the Rose Bowl, and the Rose Bowl does not want that. So they would likely take Penn State and send um, send Ohio State to the to the Orange Bowl, which I'm not going to be mad about going to the Rose Bowl. I mean, again, I'm not going to be mad about any, any New Year's Six game, whether it's Cotton Bowl, Orange Bowl, or Rose Bowl. So we got to see how things play out this weekend. Um I, I don't really care who we're rooting for. I don't think we're rooting for anybody. But I don't want to see Ohio State in the playoffs. So I guess that means we're rooting for USC. Because if USC loses to Utah, that bumps them out of the top four and probably puts Ohio State back in the top four. I don't see Alabama jumping Ohio State. Um, obviously, Ohio State only has one loss. So I think that would bump them back in. USC would go to the Rose Bowl. That would put us in the Rose Bowl. But I'd rather play Utah, I think, in the Rose Bowl than USC. Um, I don't like playing USC in the Rose Bowl. The last two outcomes have not been not been good. So I'd rather play Utah. Um, I don't know when the last time we played Utah, if, if ever. So that would be a good matchup and a good place to end the season with a, with a nice W there. So uh, the final rankings are Georgia, well, for the regular season. Georgia, Michigan, TCU, USC, Ohio State, Bama, Tennessee, Penn State at 8, uh, Clemson at nine, Kansas State at ten, and the uh, the games for this weekend, conference championship games start on Friday. Number eleven Utah, number four USC, eight o'clock on Fox, Pac twelve title game. Uh, going to Saturday, number ten Kansas State takes on number three TCU in the Big Twelve title game. That's twelve o'clock on ABC. That is in Arlington. Uh, we have the MAC title game. We have Toledo and Ohio go Bobcats. Twelve o'clock on ESPN. SEC title game. Number 14, LSU, coming off their hilarious loss to Texas A&M. Um, taking on number one, Georgia, 4 o'clock, CBS. 
Number 22, UCF takes on number uh, number 18, Tulane, 4 o'clock, ABC. That is the AAC championship game, I think it is. Something like that. Um, Purdue taking on number two, Michigan, in the Big Ten title game, 8 o'clock on Fox. Um, Purdue somehow won the West. That's a terrible division in college football, but somehow the Boilermakers came out of it, so they get Michigan in the Big Ten title game. Uh, number nine, Clemson coming off their bad loss to South Carolina. Shout out to South Carolina, Frank Beamer, for that, that two-game win streak to end the season against Tennessee. And then Clemson catapulted them into the top 20. They get, uh, Clemson does, they get uh, number 23, North Carolina, coming off their bad loss to NC State, 8 o'clock on ABC. And then obviously, suck at Pitt. So, 10-2, and two, top 10, um, New Year's Six game right around the corner. So, very good chance to be 11-2 and two and head into head into next season. Probably closer to 5 than 10 in the, in the rankings and um, maybe give us a borderline top 5 ranking heading into next season. But this season is a success in my mind. Based on how last two years have gone, based on how you know the expectations were or were not, I, not sure what the, what the national expectations were for Penn State football, but I think everyone internally within the program, I think we all know 10 wins is where we should always be at. 10 wins or more. 10, 11, 12 wins. That's where we should always be at, fighting for the Big Ten title and fighting to get into the playoffs. But to finish the season how we did, and I said it after the Indiana game, we did not do the thing where we lose a game and then lose the next game and then essentially end the season and not allow ourselves to be in this position at the end of the season so we didn't do it after the michigan game come back and dominated minnesota didn't do it after the ohio state game especially after the ohio state game came back and dominated indiana and finished the season four game win streak let's make it five end the next season and you know really springboard into that that next tier of of teams where we should be like that's where we should be at isn't that in that that top five range and always in the conversation. But that's that's next year. Still a lot to play out with you know, guys maybe opting out, transfer portal, Christian Bayer's in the transfer portal. I think we saw that coming. But still have a ways to go to see who's coming back. Coaching wise, you know, we got some guys who are um, being mentioned for different jobs, so we gotta see how that shakes out. Um, so still still a lot to have happen this this season before we can really close the book and start looking at the next year. So let's Enjoy 10 and 2. Let's enjoy the fact that we're not pit. And let's just enjoy the fact that we are in a position to really start making noise. And enjoy where we are and where we're about to go. Because it's going to be a fun ride next next handful of seasons. So we find out who we play in the bowl game coming up on Sunday. Um, I hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. I didn't mention that before, but... Hope everybody had a good Thanksgiving. I know I did. Um, I appreciate your support as always. Um, I'll come back next week, talk about our, our opponent in, in the bowl game, talk about conference championship games. If things didn't go the way we you know maybe anticipated, talk about that. And then we will start to kind of start looking ahead a little bit, but still got one more game left. So I appreciate your support as always, guys. Um, always enjoy it. Enjoy the weekend coming up. Enjoy the games. Always remember, we are.